I think Andrew and I were just on this crazy journey to be like, I want to see what the fuck I'm capable of. This is about humans dreaming together. About humans supporting each other on our journeys. It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual. And want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. What's good, my fellow entrepreneurs and dream chasers? Welcome back to another episode of the Dreamology Podcast. This is Tim Bishop. Hope you all are doing well today. As you know, we are here because we all have big dreams. We want to make them a reality and we want to do big things in the world. But in order to do that, we have got to develop ourselves, our mindset, our health, our habits, and all of those things. And so on this show, we are diving into how do we really make our dream life a reality? What does that look like, especially in this modern day crazy world that we are living in? And so today's guest is the founder of Busy Coffee, Alex French. Busy Coffee is the number one selling cold brew coffee on Amazon. And actually, during quarantine, their sales have been skyrocketing because, well, everybody is drinking coffee from home. So Alex's story is really inspiring because, as most people's lives, there's a lot of ups, ups and downs. Alex is, yes, the co-founder of Busy Coffee. Yes, he is an Iron Man. And yes, he likes to test the limits of what he is capable of. But at the same time, he has had multiple business ideas fail. He has raised over a million dollars for a product line that completely flopped. And he has had to deal with the personal complications and relational issues of being an entrepreneur and dedicating your life to this craft. And so in this conversation we have together, we talk a lot about the entrepreneurial journey, the things you have to do to stay mentally strong along the way, and how to ride through the failures and to appreciate the wins along the way. And so here is Alex French, founder of Busy Coffee. All right, my dream chasers out there. We got Alex French joining us today, the co-founder of Busy Coffee, or Get Busy, I guess, is the official, what, holding company name, Alex, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the corporation's <laughs> name, brand so, of Busy Coffee. Yes, the brand of Busy Coffee, and uh, yeah, he should have talked about his story, uh, his life, and, you know, Get Busy and Busy Coffee are doing really big things. They're the number one selling cold brew on Amazon, and he's an endurance runner, an Ironman, he's got a lot to share with us, so Alex, thank you for joining us here today. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing good. It's Monday. Uh, we always like Mondays. Unlike most, we, we try and get as much done as we can, fewer meetings. So uh, yeah, it's going really good. It's summer. We sell cold coffee and we're selling it. So all is well. <laughs> I love it, bro. I love it. Well, before we dive in, uh, just curious, man, how you been during this whole uh, pandemic, this whole just, uh, it's a crazy time to be in the world. A lot of hot issues out there. How have you been holding up mentally through all this? And uh how have you been kind of staying sane through this whole process? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. So my business partner is my roommate, also my best friend. So we spend a lot of time together all the time. Mm -hmm. 
And then, um, you know, my, my job, a lot of it is like external facing. So I talk with like the retailers and the investors and I'm always like meeting with people. So a lot of my job and role is to like grab coffee before work, grab lunch with people and then grab drinks with people after work. And I like thrive on that. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously with COVID, everything was shut down. So basically I just like worked constantly nonstop and you know, we are a manufacturer and we make food products. So we were deemed like essential, if you will. Um, so honestly, like a lot didn't really change day to day for me. Um, kept going into the office, produced every day. Um, but the social side of it really kind of took a toll, I'd say, because right. it was just like nose to the grindstone, working as hard as possible. Um, you know, right before COVID hit, we were trying to fundraise. And basically, if you follow the stock market at all, there's a huge market collapse and all investors like froze. So that was super tough. Um, fortunately, you know, we sell coffee in big bottles for at home use and we sell them online and in grocery stores. So we actually saw a pretty large increase in demand. And so because of that and because we were unsuccessful fundraising, um, we had to just like work as hard as we could to make sure that we could capitalize on what was like kind of, kind of coming to us. So, you know, we've just been working a lot as frankly as what we did. And, you know, we were Andrew and I, again, roommates, best friends, always training for something. We had an iron man that we were looking forward to. So we were like training for that. And then all of a sudden that gets pushed down. So like all these things that you're like so excited for just get shut down. Yeah. Um, you know, so just went to the office and, and, and worked basically. And fortunately we're kind of on the upside of it, mm. but you know, our goal is to add value and be the best. And there's, there's still a lot of work to be done. So, uh, yeah, yeah just been kind of nose down working. Yeah. So some, some things canceled, but some things sounds like, like yeah, a lot of the online and, and digital based companies actually are seeing an increase in stuff, right? Cause no one's going to their Starbucks and their, their, uh, caribou's anymore. Right. It's like, all right, busy coffee can get a big, uh, demand, demand boost right here. Um, but yeah, man, I totally feel you on like the social aspect and just, you know, you kind of got to learn to ride with those just, you know, it's a new, new way of life. We don't know when things are going to go back to normal. And so it's cool how you're locking in in business and doing what you can do. And that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm curious, you know, just the, the evolution of your journey a bit. Um, I, I'd be, interested to go back in time and, and hear about like the Alex graduating college. Um, what did that career evolution look like and how did that eventually take you towards founding uh, this business? That's uh, you know, the one that we're, we're here talking about today. Yeah. It's, it's probably important to maybe even go back a little further um, from college. So just like as a kid, I've always been a hustler. So maybe I'm a little older, but the show recess was like my childhood. Mm. There was this hustler kid, right. And he's this famous character and he wore a trench coat and he was always selling like yo-yos and just like, <laughs> things to kids. And like, that was me. Right. So it's oh, just been like hustling. And, um, so no entrepreneur is my family though. Super important to note as well. So always wanted to be an entrepreneur, never had like a legit like business in terms of like an LLC or anything, but I always was like 
doing cash deals, mowing lawns, doing yard work, whatever, mm-hmm. like buying Beanie Babies, selling them all for cash <laughs> type of a scenario, you know, not paying taxes or anything. Right. Um, but I like knew I wanted to do something larger. And um, I think it probably start with, I read this book called Think and Grow Rich in high school. Mm-hmm. And it just like frames the mindset and like, that was a huge thing to be like, oh, wow, you can just like actually just go do this if you believe it. So went into college. I went to the University of St. Thomas because I did not get into Carlson. And so St. Thomas had an entrepreneurship program. I knew I wanted to do that. So that was like my plan, went into school for that. And then again, no entrepreneurs in my family. So everyone was just kind of like, what the hell are you going to do after school? Like, you don't have a business. You want to start one? Like, you should like plan, you should have a plan B. So you should like, I had all these extra credits. Um, so I did a, a finance major as well. I was pretty good at math and, and liked money. So I was like, all right, that makes sense. So I did the finance thing. So I was a finance and entrepreneurship major. My junior year of college, I hadn't done any internships leading up to it. And so I was like, all right, I probably should do some things in case like I can't start a business, get an internship so I can get a job. So I had a job doing mergers and acquisitions as an intern, which mm-hmm. is like investment banking. It's like the sexiest finance job that you can get. Super right. competitive internship. Somehow got it, probably because I'm a salesman, and got the job, literally worked 70 days straight for the internship. No exaggeration. Uh, made like really good money on a salary basis. But when you look at, I mean, I was working no joke, a hundred hours a week. Like it was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. It was like nothing. So I was working my tail off. Um, really didn't like what I was doing. I was basically just like formatting spreadsheets, and PowerPoints and doing like research. So didn't love it, but we were selling companies of entrepreneurs. So I was like, God, I just really want to do this entrepreneur thing. Mm-hmm. So the year came around and I was pretty committed to not doing finance. Cause I just like, didn't love my um, internship and it was my first like real job. I was like, holy shit, this is the real world. Like this sucks. <laughs> and so basically it was doing my entrepreneurship, like Capstone, Andrew is my co-founder. His roommate um, was working on a business and I had to do a business plan. So he was like, Hey dude, can you just like write this business plan plan for me? So I'm like, yeah, sure. Sounds cool. And it was like a skimboard business. So like kind of like surfing or whatever in the mm-hmm. ocean. I was like, cool. I like snow sports and action sports. I'll like do this thing. That sounds kind of fun. And I was like committed to starting this business full time after school. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do sales and marketing. This guy was going to make the actual product and I was going to finance it and sell it and do all that sort of stuff. Cause I knew the business side and it was, I thought I knew the business side. And so <laughs> we, I didn't, I did not have a job lined up and like I had a killer internship. I could have gotten a very good job, but I was like entrepreneurship, is my path. Hmm. So I think at the time I was working like a few hours a week at a motorcycle dealership as like a marketing manager. But basically I was like at the front desk scanning shit and posting stuff on Craigslist. Um, so I was doing like part-time and then I went to go graduate, start this business. And the dude just like never made the product like at all. He just like didn't do it. And so all of a sudden I'm graduated. I told everyone I was moving to California to launch this business. And then the dude that was to make the products that I was going to go sell, like just never made one. And so I graduated 
really like messed up in the head because I was like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm doing this thing. And then there was no business to be had because like I wasn't the product guy. I didn't know how the hell to make those things. I'm just not to sell stuff. Right. So now it's like, let's say it's probably like July and I'm like two months in, I'm working now basically trying to be full-time with this motorcycle dealership because it's the only income that I have, but I was making like nothing because it's a super small business. And so now I'm like, holy shit, like, what am I going to do? Like I graduated college. I have these like good degrees. I have really good internship experience and I have like no real career. I just had this like dead end job essentially. Hmm. So I basically just applied at everything that I could ended up getting a job um, at Best Buy as a demand forecast analyst. So I was working with like the buying team. You hear like a buyer at Target or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like this really cool job. I was a support person to that buyer, which was cool because I was working on like the tablet and tablet accessories team. So I got to work with like Apple and Samsung and like Microsoft, so like huge brands, big budgets. And I was good at math. So I was like pretty heavily in the kind of like data side of it. Um, so I was doing that and just like super unfulfilled, mm -hmm. but you know, for the listeners, it's really important to know that like that job was critical for my personal development and success because a, I learned how to email B I learned how, how to network. But most importantly, I got paid to learn. And what I mean by that specifically is I would sit at my desk literally every day for eight hours and listen to podcasts. No exaggeration. Like everyone is listening to music or whatever, but I would just like listen to podcasts and self-educate. And I thought about it this whole time of like, I'm getting paid a salary to like learn about entrepreneurship and digital marketing and fundraising and whatever I wanted to learn. Right. I was getting paid to do it because like I can listen to words and then do math at the same time. So I was just like doing all this work and learning the whole time. So it was, it was super mm -hmm. awesome in that regards, but I hated the work and I didn't really love the schmoozing side of it. And so um, it was at this time, Andrew and I were like, okay, we were, we were roommates. We're living in uptown and we're just like, Andrew's and in, he's a mechanical engineer. He had a really good job. I had like a, now I kind of had a career going for me, but mm -hmm. still unfulfilled. Like I was staring at a spreadsheet all day and I was like, this is not what I am meant for. Like I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm learning about entrepreneurship and I am like this cog and this huge system. And I have to like kiss ass all the time at work and like dress fancy. And I don't really <laughs> like doing that stuff. So um, Andrew and I, we would work our day jobs. And then in the evening we would go to the gym and then we would rendezvous back at the apartment we'd cook dinner and then start working on side hustles. And we did that for like a couple of years straight. And like, we would do it very religiously, like Monday, Tuesday after work, we'd go to the gym, we'd work until we would literally pass out at night. I'm talking stay up till 2 AM, get up at six every day for years. We'd take Wednesdays off for personal life. So it'd be like, go on a date, hang out with your friends, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, that was the jam and that's what we did and so we were working on this one business called the lifty i'm actually wearing a sweatshirt now just kind of because i love a sweatshirt and <laughs> um basically it was like a snow sports accessory product for snowboarding and um it was like a little widget is the term that we'll use it's just like solve the problem but it was not like um the product 
we didn't spend as much time on the product as we did the brand. And so the brand was awesome. And it, if we would have been an apparel company, it would have been wildly successful, but we were marketing this widget and it just didn't have a, a great like market. Mm. Um, but learned a ton about doing it just by like building a product, finding vendors, building a brand, launching a website, promoting it. Um, and it failed, right? It like was unsuccessful, but through that process, like learned a ton. And one of the biggest things is we hired, it was called a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So another big, big book, life-changing book that everyone should read is this thing called the four hour work week. And like one thing it's really good because obviously, yep, exactly. So like, <laughs> Got it right here. <laughs> so like, you know, it. like, yes, it's entrepreneurial, but it's more the concept of like time management and like mm -hmm. time arbitrage. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that you can likely pay someone a lower price than what your time is worth, you have infinitely more time. And so we just like hired this virtual assistant and then we just start outsourcing tasks and it freed up time for us to work on more things um, and just kind of got that ball really rolling. So, mm. you know, that's kind of where I was right post college, but tons of soul searching, you know, we started doing like races and really just trying to figure out like what the hell is life going to be and what do mm. I want to do? And, we tried a ton. Like we both were corporate. We'd get a new job every two years. We would try a new hobby. We would try a new side hustle. Everything that we were doing was like, you know, for us, we wanted to be entrepreneurs. So I was like, everything that we were doing was like, how can we make money at this? How can this scale? And we would just like try a ton of things and uh, you know, just a wonderful experience, but you know, that's kind of where we were in that time frame. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, a few things you said like really stuck out to me because I was talking about this with a buddy last week, which was, you know, when you were working in those jobs you didn't like, you were getting paid to learn, right? And I love, I love that mentality because I feel like, I mean, especially, I don't know, this is, could have been the same when you were graduating, could have been different. But, you know, when I was coming out of school, it just felt like there was this mentality of like, I need to have everything figured out. Everything needs to be perfect. I have to like step into the world as like this complete person. When the reality is like, I always say like you're in your freshman year of life, like you're just starting shit and you really don't have any clue like who you are and what you really want to do. And so I always kind of like say this whole like step one is just your purpose is like finding that your purpose is just simply, all right, I'm going to go out and figure out myself. I'm going to figure out something I'm really passionate about. I'm going to try shit. And then once you land on something big, your purpose can shift or evolve into this. Okay. Now my purpose is to build a business or to do this or to be this or to, and that's going to, so I feel like that first step is that experimentation phase of, of just like trial and error. And the other part of that is like, you have to actually go do shit. Right. And you said we were every night, we were just trying stuff. And even if it's a complete flop, like my, I was the classic college kid who had a clothing business, right? I tried like a clothing company. And even though it didn't make it out of my college years, there was still that, Oh, okay. Like now I know like having the right partner is really important. Now I know like just the general idea of building a website. Now I know the general social media strategy, like all these little base things that don't seem like huge, but it's, it, they're like the foundation for then what happens next. And so I love both those things. And uh, I'm curious on the personal side of things, because you said you started doing some soul searching and I know that you got into the ultra running and, and the Ironmans and the, the, you know, 
did you do like a a hundred mile race? Was that, was that in the books too? No, we didn't do that, but similar. We did what's called the world's toughest mutter. So a 24 hour race, but it's too difficult to go. (laughs) Not possible. Okay. So I'm curious how, cause that seems like a big part of your identity and just, and who you are. And I'm, I'm just curious, like how that came into the picture and what, you know, even like the word Ironman or what the word ultra and like endurance athlete, what that means to you and how that was a part of your growth and your evolution as a, as a human being. Yeah. I mean, for me so much like, so it's, what am I 20 at the time we started doing this, I think 24, 25, uh, 23, 23 actually. Mm. So, you know, your age Yeah. and had always been into fitness. Like I like looking, you know, I, I worked at, um, I was an auto automotive detailer in college, like cleaning cars. Okay. And I had this tagline that it was look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. And it like really actually resonated with me. So I'd always put this correlation to like fitness and success because like when you work out, you do not get immediate results. You just, you don't, and you have to put in the work, but over time you could maybe two weeks, maybe four weeks, you will actually physically get to see the work and what Mm. happens to you. If say you're dieting or say you're working out, you're lifting weights, you're doing yoga, whatever it is. Like if you put in the work, you will actually be able to see a difference. And you know, myself and probably most men are like super visual. And so if you can like correlate hard work to a result, you're just more likely to keep doing it. Mm. And so I like always had this mindset and then specifically in this age range of like 23 to 25, I think Andrew and I were just on this crazy journey to be like, I want to see what the fuck I'm capable of physically, mentally, emotionally i mean we yes we did this 24-hour endurance race but like we also did a 24-hour silent meditation retreat Mm. and like we stayed up for an entire day straight and we would just do crazy shit to just be like can i physically do this like will i quit and just push yourself to the absolute limit because everyone that i had talked to that was a mentor is like you know nothing that you do in life is it's not like a sprint, like everything is a marathon and it's all about like having the stamina and the mental fortitude. And I'm trying to think, that's how this guy with his shirt, I was going on a bike ride over the weekend and he said, your mind is the athlete. It was something like that, but it basically is like, Mm -hmm. you need to train your mind. And once you've trained that, you can pretty much achieve anything. And Mm -hmm. so those like races that we were doing was just like training for the next phase of life. And now, you know, I think Andrew and I can look back and like, if we're in any like shit situation, it's like, yeah, but it wasn't as bad as that 24 hour. <laughs> like, because right. now that we know, like oh, doing something dude. like that, it's just like, if you do not fail until you quit and like doing those things that are so hard and you really realize like, holy shit, like you, you literally don't fail. Like it's not a failure unless you quit. And cause I mean, I look at like our business and you know, I've, I've been doing a bunch of these podcasts recently and it comes up time and time again. It's like, dude, you like raised all this money and you had this product line fail. And then you had this other guy like extort you for money. Like, why didn't you just like quit, man? You had like no chance you were going to be successful. And it was just like, well, we, we just weren't willing to. And because of that, we've like stayed in the game and now we're like, 
now it's working, right? Because we yeah. have that mindset to just like left foot, right foot, just keep going, believe in yourself, and eventually you'll make it to where you need to go. Dude, I'm I'm stoked over here. I just I love that. I love everything you just said. Like, I love the mentality of what am I capable of? Like, and pushing that line. And so I just got into running and stuff during quarantine, literally. So it was the first week in quarantine. My buddy who lives in San Diego, or that's where I was when like the NBA shut down and everything. I was in California, so I had to get back to Minnesota. And the next week, he's like, "Yo, dude." let's do this David Goggins four by four by 48 challenge, which is, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's basically 48 hours and every four hours you run four miles for 48 hours. So basically 8 PM, midnight, 4 AM, 8 AM, just 48 hours straight. And through that, I started listening to all of David Goggins content. And it was this idea of the cookie jar he has, which is exactly what you just referred to, which is, he goes, I do hard shit. I run a hundred miles. I do these different crazy things so I can write on the slip, just ran for 24 hours straight, put it in my cookie jar. And so later on in life, when I'm going through some shit, I can look back at my jar and say, I've, I've done this before. I can, I can get through this. And so like this idea of putting yourself in those states and testing yourself and saying, I'm not going to give up then you know, like I've done this before and you can have that like with you everywhere you go. So I, dude, I absolutely love that. Um, and I just love how you touched on the mindset aspect, right? You were doing the meditation 24 hour silent retreat and you were doing these 24 hour mud races and you talked a lot about mindset. And so I'm curious now, like after all these years, um, how do you think about just like life in general? Like what is your, when you're getting up and you're going to work and you're doing, cause like a lot of people say I don't have time for stuff, but then here you are like, you know, doing Ironman, starting a business and doing all this stuff. Like when you're getting up on a day to day basis or when you're thinking about how I'm attacking my life, what is that general mindset uh, like that you kind of try to have, you know, what are you leading with on your day to day basis that just keeps this, this kind of mental toughness and mental fortitude alive within you? You know, I, I think that, so I'd be lying if I'd say I have that mindset every day, right? It, it, is, mm. it is a practice, right? Just like anything else and it ebbs and it flows. Mm. I'd say in my, like what I strive for, right? And this doesn't happen is like every day I want to wake, I want to wake up. I want to be well rested. Um, I want to make sure that I personally have daylight or sunlight. I do not want to be in a, a dark room to me. That is like the enemy of the beginning of my day. Mm. And then I want to make sure that I make my bed and get accomplish something just like right away. Like always make your bed, accomplish something first thing in the morning. And then in the best case scenario, I'm going to, you know, and these things change over time, right? Like where I was at 24 is a little different than where I am today. Um, but like, I want to meditate, you know, I, in a best case scenario, I'd get 20 minutes in that doesn't happen. Like I, I like strive for five. I'm like, just let me get it in today. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll listen to news when I'm like getting myself ready in the morning so I can just have an idea of what's going on in the world. And then generally speaking, like on my way into work, I just listen to music that pumps me up, like Hmm. high BPM words that influence my day of like what I'm trying to do. Just like, like there's this one song I'm listening to right now. It's called pump it up. And it just says pump (laughs) it up basically on repeat. And it's like this high BPM, like electronic. And I just, I'm like driving to work. I'm just like, yeah, like I'm about to kick some ass today. And you just get in that great mood. Mm. 
and that mindset. Uh, and that's, I've found that to be the best. Um, mm. but you know, like there's some days that are just really freaking hard and you're just like, God, the world's crashing on me. And then it takes that extra like step to make sure that you can like get out of that cloud and get back mm -hmm. into the sunshine. And one of the things that works really well for me is exercise. So mm -hmm. like every day in the morning, I pack my gym bag every single day, no matter what, because I always look at it like, I'm going to work out every day, no matter what. And I might not, but I have the mindset of like, I'm just going to get it done. And I can be in this like crappy mood because something that was out of my control happened and I'm, I'm beating myself up. And then I go to the gym and I listen to this high BPM, highly positive music. And then, and then all of a sudden I leave the gym and I'm just like totally reinvigorated and I go to bed and I'm just like pumped. Right. And I'm feeling mm. good. I eat yeah. well, you know, I eat healthy. And then I, of course, like my roommate is my business partner. So I can like, you know, vent to that individual as well, which is super helpful. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in generally, like I try and cycle things in like every month, right? Like sometimes I can tell that my mindset may not be where it needs to be. It's a muscle. I got to go back and work it out. So then maybe I'll re-listen to an audio book or I'll re-listen to a certain podcast that I have saved or I'll re-watch a YouTube video because mm. over time I've found things that I know will like increase my attitude and like my drive and motivation, or I'll look through old albums, kind of like the cookie jar, right? I'll mm -hmm. like find these things to like, oh yeah, all right, get back up there. This happened. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but like for me personally, exercise is the biggest one because I can just I can just go in and there's nothing in my way, and I can just like get better no matter what. Like I'm gonna go mm -hmm. to the gym. I'm gonna get better. Whether I'm gonna go on a run or a bike ride or lift weights or go to a yoga class, whatever it may be, I just like know I'm getting better and it's like in my control. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are some of the key things I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think actually, I feel like that was in the four hour work week. At least I learned this from Tim Ferriss from somewhere, which he kind of talked a lot about how if, if you're going on an entrepreneurial journey or a journey with a lot of uncertainty, it's really nice to have another habit or health thing that's related that you know that no matter what happens, like if you go to the gym and you work out for an hour, like that's a win, right? No matter how crazy your day was or whatever happened in your business or your world or whatever, like having something that you know, like if you do the work, there will eventually be results is a very nice balance. It's a good way to balance that uncertainty with like a level of like, okay, if I go to the gym every day, like I am going to be more healthy type of mentality. So I definitely like that, man. And so I have a question about, about kind of the roller coaster of the journey because I feel like, you know, everyone has those lows, right? And you could touch on them here more too, but I heard you just kind of drop like your product launch kind of went south. And even you just mentioned now the funding before COVID was crazy. And, and I feel like it's very easy as human beings to make emotional based decisions, like high or low, right? It's, it's very easy to make choice in those times. And as someone who puts themselves into this world where, you know, you graduated and all of a sudden this guy had no product and now you're doing this job and now you're doing another business like when those low moments hit on the journey of life, how, what do you do when like, and I'm curious if you have a, like a specific story too, where you're like, this was a freaking low. What do you do in that moment to make sure you don't make a choice that you're going to regret? So maybe, you know, you're working on a business for two years and something's low and you, you decide I'm going to quit or something goes wrong and I'm just going to, you know, wh what is your mindset in those moments of like the complete low? Like these are, these are the worst days how do you then 
make sure you're keeping that wheel turning to continue on your mission, continue on your journey and towards where you know you want to go. But the state of mind you're in at the time is maybe just playing big tricks on you saying, you know what, Alex, like, we got to be done with this. Like, we got to, we got to get out of here. Like, I'm, I'm curious what your, your, your mindset is during those times. Yeah. I mean, like, it's super hard candidly. Like it's really, really hard. I'd say probably the biggest thing. And like when I was in like the darkest days, um, like, cause we just for context and just to really let it, let it be known, like we raised over a million dollars for a product line and it failed. And that wasn't even the darkest day. Right. So that is freaking tough. But like before mm-hmm. that money that we raised, those were tough. So Andrew and I successful corporate career. So fast forward, we were at Best Buy. I then moved over to General Mills. I was in their venture capital division, wildly successful career in food business. I launched my own food business and effectively was unsuccessful right out of the gates. Like we went to go raise money, couldn't. And Andrew and I both lived with our parents respectively for two years with no salary. Those were the darkest of days because we were 28, 27 at this point, successful careers, big salaries to living with our parents, no salary, like a complete 180, the last place you want to be. Yeah. So those were the darkest of days. And this is when we were working like shit, like 80, 90 hours a week. And we were training for the uh, Twin Cities Marathon at the time. And like, for me, what keeps me going is like one having, like, I think of Andrew as like my accountability buddy, right? So we're business Mm -hmm. partners, we're 50, 50, and every single day we carpooled into work every single day. And mm-hmm. so like we both had an emotional contract and actually like a written contract that was like, we're both going to just fucking show up and you just got to show up and that. having that like contract with that individual is like, I can't let him down. He can't let me down. So just by the fact of us not letting each other down, we're picking each other up. And so we did that for two years. Uh, and that was probably the biggest thing. And then what I've found is most useful for me personally is along the journey, I have to have goals with deadlines. And so like, I like to chunk my year up and be like, I always try to have a fitness race. Cause I know that when I'm training for something fitness related, that work ethic spills over into my work life and my personal life. And I just generally perform at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, Iron Man got canceled. That sucked for me this year. Um, but so through those really dark days, Andrew and I would just always have races that we had signed up for. So it's like, I know, like we were doing the marathon and we had a, a quantitative goal. Like it was like, I want to get under three hours and 30 minutes. And so we had a training program for that. And we knew, let's say, I don't know, October 8th, whatever the day was like on October 8th, all that training was going to be put to the test, Mm. but then you're done. And so you can just like put these tiny little milestones in place. Mm. And as long as you have a plan and a goal with a deadline, you can visualize the outcome. And then all of a sudden, every day you're putting in the work, you can be like on this date, it's over. And then because you know what it is so specifically, like three hours, 30 minute time at the Twin Cities Marathon, you can visualize yourself achieving that. And then every day in training, you can get up at four in the morning because you can freaking see it. And if you have somebody that's doing it with you, 
again, like you don't want to let them down and they don't want to let you down. So by the nature of that, you're picking each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of my tactics. Cool, man. I love that. I love, so you guys literally wrote something down. Like we are like, there was actually a physical thing that was like, we are showing up because you guys actually have like a paper. No, no, (laughs) but like, we'll be like paid for the race. Right. And like, but well, yeah, I guess, you know what? I guess I will, because we, every year we do annual goals and then we sit down every quarter and review them. And on that annual goal list, each of us put that goal. Cool. it wasn't like a contract, like we're going to put 30, <laughs> but like we wrote it down. And so like, that means it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think just the power of that chunking is so important. Like I feel people who are just getting out of college or just starting their journey too. there's this big sense of what am I going to do with my life? And it's at this very big scale, right? Like what am I doing for the rest of my life? And we always think about it in just these massive terms, which is just not even possible because life is just, life right and so the power of just saying the next four months here's my goal i'm gonna hit that and then after we finish that we're gonna reevaluate and just like you said that chunking i think in business and life like literally in anything i think that's such a powerful way to look at how you're attacking life because it keeps you from feeling like you need to make a choice that's going to be like definitive for the next 30 years right like no one wants to feel that way no one wants to be like okay this choice i'm making is like this is the rest of my life like that's not generally a positive notion so i like how you chunk that up and i love the idea of having a, like accountability brother like my business partner is actually my brother so you know we have done everything together in life right so having that and having someone to be able to be like yo like because it, it when you have like, I feel like that greater sense of just beyond you, right? If it's just you, it's easy to be like, yeah, like whatever, it's just me. But if there's somebody else who's like, bro, we're in this together, it just creates that whole new wavelength. And it's just more fun, right? It's just more enjoyable to totally, totally. do it <laughs> to do it with someone. Well, it's, it's hard, man. Like if you want to be a high performer and achieve great things, like no one's done it alone. Like literally nobody ever mm. and so if you want to be a top performer you have to have that and then also it's like you want to share the wins with people you don't want to just be like you know sacrificing everything to achieve these goals and then you get there and there's no one to share them with like that's not mm. fun yeah yeah when you think about like your relationship with andrew and just you know i always am curious about relationships in general right just when you like you said when you were about to go off and, and start your first thing you had friends and family kind of like, Hey man, like what's, what's the plan here? What are you doing? And then, then you're on a different path a bit. And I feel like, you know, I've experienced that a lot of people have mentioned it just kind of like this, how do you manage those things? And so I'm, I'm curious how you and Andrew, I guess, like when you think about what makes you guys a good partners and why that works, if you could share some insights there for other people who are looking for business partners or even just people to just tag team with that life. And then as far as like outside of work, being an entrepreneur, someone who you're working all the time, you're training, how do you go about managing and, you know, your, your external relationships that aren't business related, but are still really important to you? Yeah. So we'll start with Andrew and I, um, and business partners in general. I mean, I think it's better to just get started with someone right away than to just like look for that perfect person, right? Like you're not going to just, at least in our generation, not going to just get married. The first person you meet, generally speaking, you're going to like date around, right. And figure out what you like. And I think that's important, but um, you know, with Andrew and I, the way that like, we're very, very, very successful business partners in terms of our relationship, because a, we have the same long-term goal. 
Mm. We have the same hobbies and we have completely different skill sets and personalities. So Andrew is an engineer. As you would imagine, he is an engineer. He's quantitative. He's detail oriented. Um, he is unique in the fact that he can sell if he needs to. So that makes him a social engineer, which is quite rare. Um, so we have that overlapping skill set. And then I am sales, marketing, finance. Like I'm extroverted. I sell, I market, I have big visions, but I also know a little bit of quantitative stuff. So we can mm -hmm. kind of gut check each other's work, but we have such a strong trust with each other that like, I don't touch production. I don't touch products. I don't deal with it. And he, in the same sense, he doesn't sit in the sales meetings or the marketing meetings. Um, we have very separate roles and responsibilities and that is extremely important. So mm -hmm. I say that to a lot of young entrepreneurs when they're just getting started. It's like, what are you doing? What is the other person doing? Because you should not be doing the same things. If you are, it's probably not going to work because someone's going to be upset with the other person and they're, that they're doing the fun stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not how you want it to be. Like you want each person to feel energized by the work that they're doing. And ideally it's complementing that other individuals work. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. now with all that being said, like, go get started, do something, learn. Cause you got a lot of, you know, at bats in this world. Right. So go, go get started. Um, but make sure you have like an out clause, right? So like, mm -hmm. don't just start a business and write a contract that says you're 50, 50, no matter what, you know, you should have talk with some legal counsel to, to make sure that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, that's generally the, the, the approach there. And then when it comes to the personal life, you know, there hasn't been much of one, I'll be honest. Um, mm -hmm. We went down this route of like raising venture capital and being in this cutthroat, super fast paced, really like fast paced industry. And so we've been forced to work a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say Andrew and I have done a good job of maintaining family relationships, but in terms of like friends and like romantic partners, minimal, mm -hmm. um, just because the long-term goal is long-term and, you know, don't want to sacrifice what we could do for short-term gains. So, um, you know, it's been tough candidly, but fortunately, like my best friend is my business partner. So mm. the person that I like, like hanging out with most, um, I, you know, get to talk business with him, which is super fun. And we go, go on this crazy journey. So yeah. we're lucky in that regard, but you know, it is really hard depending on your industry, right? Like you could start a side hustle, a blog, something along those lines. It's not going to be as time demanding. Um, we don't have to deal with like people and supply chain and seasonality and sprints. Um, but generally speaking, no matter what venture you go into, it's going to be, you know, more difficult for sure on the relationship side. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I like the touching on the Andrew aspect of it. I mean, I think like that's probably given you guys obviously so much, you know, meaning to your life, right? Even though you're, you're sacrificing stuff. It's like, we're in this together, bro. And like, you're my, you're my homie. So this is, you know, it just adds that it adds, like, like I said, another fun and, and meaningful layer to it. And then I, I feel like my takeaway from what you said about the business partner aspect is like, it's ideal to probably have like a similar like values and goals and then have complementary skills. Like those two things seem to be like, a pretty good combination of things where it's like we care about the same shit but our skills align in a way that allows us to 
you know, have one plus one be a, a big sum, you know, greater than we'd they'd have on our own. So I, uh, that's kind of the takeaway that I took from, from what you said about that. Um, I love it, man. So when I, I'm curious about now with, with busy and when you think about just your guys' mission and your big goals and, uh, where you want to take this whole thing, like, what are, what are those things you guys are thinking about as far as just why you're doing what you're doing and what you hope to be able to continue to give to the world and to grow this business? Yeah. I mean, our mission is to be the best. And, you know, I think about that as a representation of who I am, who Andrew is, candidly, who Mark Dowdle is, one of our, our key guys on the field. And, like, we just want to be the best. And we want the people that we that consume our products to be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, what we stand for. That's what really gets us up is, like, I love this conversation because I think some of the tips that I can share are going to help some of your listeners and you hopefully you can take something away that's going to help you be better. Yeah. And so we're just all about that. And I think the way that we can help the most people be the best versions of themselves is to be the market leader. And so we would love to be the number one market share in the category. Now that's obviously going to be extremely difficult because we're going up against Starbucks, right? These huge brands that everyone in the world knows. So, you know, it's a lofty goal, Um, but we'd love to get there. We'd love to be number one. And then over time, you know, I want to extend into other categories because mm-hmm. eventually we're going to just hit the limit of how, how big the business can be in coffee. Right. And ideally we can then kind of extend in, into some other things. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, the, the big, the big dream. Um, but we really want to get more into like helping people be the best versions of themselves right now. It's with the best tasting product at the highest quality. Um, but we'd love to be able to spill into some of that content, some of this great stuff that you're putting out as well. Yeah. I love it, man. I love the mission. I love the vibe. I love, like you said, you guys are, and you guys, it seems like you embody this with your life, right? It's like, we kind of like said at the beginning, like, what am I capable of? Almost that sort of underlying mentality seems to run through your business, you know, your, 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 your ultra races, like everything, like, what am I capable of? And you just like to attract that kind of energy where you go. And I, and I love those kind of people too, because you can feel it, right? You can feel that like, Oh, this guy seems to like, you know, there's an energy about him that I like. There's something that it's like, okay, he's testing himself. And I think deep down, like we all kind of want to do that. There's a part of all of us that kind of says, well, do I have something more? And it's, that can be a scary thing. But when you see other people doing it and other people embodying it, it gives almost the permission for others to sort of do the same. And so I love that, bro. I'm excited to, to keep seeing like where this takes you guys. And, uh, like, I mean, so you guys are, are the number one seller of cold bro on Amazon, right? Like that's a, yep. Is that a win? Uh, that's, that's a win. A, that's, that's a for a sure a big win. Yeah, yeah, we've been there for two years, which okay. has been awesome. Um, but, you know, Amazon's only one of, you know, hundreds of retailers across the country. Right. So luckily yep. it's a big one and it's where everybody went during COVID. So that yeah. was like, great for us. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of grocery stores out there that we're not in yet. Uh, <laughs> right. So we got, we got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, that just brought up a thought in my mind, you know, in the entrepreneurial world and in your journey, you know, I think that, right. If you're, if you're in a different setting, a big team, big corporate, you know, you get your, maybe your raise or you get promoted to a position and, and there's those kind of check marked wins, those check marked celebrations. And I feel like along when you're doing more of a solo journey, sometimes it's hard to celebrate wins along the way. What have you kind of learned about that? Like, do you guys ever, like take a moment every month and kind of acknowledge like, Hey man, like we made some, we made some progress here. We're, we're doing some stuff. Like how do you 
keep yourself in that kind of like, we're making progress, we're making wins mentality versus like just the goal is always in the future. And like, if this doesn't happen, then we're failures sort of mindset. I'm just curious if you have any things that you guys kind of do. Yeah, yeah, we do actually pretty specifically. So we, every time we hit a specific revenue threshold on Amazon, Andrew and I will always cheers. And sometimes it's in person with the beer. Sometimes it's just like a Slack message or a text. Um, but we'll just like acknowledge that we hit this goal that was so like out of this world two years ago. And now it's like, mm -hmm. wow, we got this number. This is amazing. And then probably more um, useful for the conversation is every Friday after work, Andrew and I will grab a beer. And before we drink any of the beer, we have to both say what each of our biggest win was for the week, mm -hmm. just to remind ourselves like, wow, actually some really awesome stuff happened this week. Cause typically like the yeah. highs are high and they're good, but the lows are so low that they generally overshadow the highs. And it's, yeah. but we just make sure to do that, to be like, actually like this crazy thing happened. That's this huge win. So yeah, every Friday we do that. I love that, bro. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I think good and bad things happen every day in life. Right. But those, the bad things, as we've seen from the research and the negative bias, like just tend to just take over more of our mental space and energy. So just the simple cheers of like, bro, like we got to win this week. That was cool. It just replants that thought in your mind. Right. Of like, yeah, no, we're making, we're making good progress. So I love yeah, that, dude. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I want to, I want to end with kind of some like advice. So I, I know you mentioned, we mentioned a lot of things here, but you know, is there anything that message that you would kind of send to recent college graduates or college students right now? Um, I know just the whole, you know, virtual schooling and you have the already stress of them and trying to figure out their life and career and whatnot. Is there any kind of general message that you would send to, you know, a college graduate or, or, or someone who's in their final years of college right now as they kind of deal with these weird times? Yeah, so I'd say there's several. Um, first on the mindset, I think it's critical that you have to believe it before you can achieve it. So like you have to believe you are going to do something. And very specifically by saying things like, I can't wait until this happens, as opposed to like, wouldn't it be nice if, right? So simple things, I'm just like changing the mindset to be like, this is going to happen when we do this, not if we do this. Mm. So I think that's a critical like first step is just that shift in mindset specifically with the college students, uh, it's really important to know that you guys have a .edu email address, which means you can email anyone and say, I'm a student, please help me. And, and almost everyone will, especially with what's going on right now. Anyone that is in the professional world feels terrible for a college student right now because mm. who the hell knows what's gonna happen. They're stuck paying all this money and they don't get to the experience. And like, it's really tough. Yeah. And I think everybody feels for that generation and then with that being said like if you're looking to get like a white collar job specifically white collar work from home um, those people even though they like their kids are at home and it's stressful um, they don't have to commute anymore and so everyone is substantially more willing to just like hop on a call because before you have to be like, Hey, can I get coffee or can I get beer? And that actually takes a lot of time to commute and travel where you can just like text someone, call someone, set up a zoom. And like, you don't have to meet that person in person. So it saves like a ton of time. So actually people have like way more time than I had previously. 
which mm. just opens up their calendar for someone. Like if you hit on a heartstring to be like, hey, guy or girl, I want to be like you. I'm young and I will do anything. Can you give me five minutes and let me ask you five questions? And you send those questions in advance. So it looks like that person's time's not going to get wasted. Mm. Um, almost every single person will say yes. Yeah. I love that, man. I think that's so powerful. And it's so true, right? Everyone is, everyone's online, everyone's on social media more, everyone's doing Zoom calls. And like, I think I didn't really understand the power of this until I got into the entrepreneurial world, but the power that you have all the access to all these people, especially on LinkedIn, bro. I've been on LinkedIn like crazy. And there are so many people on there who you can DM and they will respond to you and they will say, yeah, let's talk. And these are like CEO high level people, founders like yourself. I mean, these are people who have done shit and they're willing to give you their time. And so I think that's a great message because I don't think I've emphasized that enough of like just the idea of like reach out because if you reach out from like a wholesome, genuine place, like I want to learn or I have this something to give or like I'll work for you for free, like whatever it might be. Like I think that there's there's just no way people don't respond and you don't find something out of that. So I think that's I think that's fantastic advice. Like, so thanks for, thanks for sharing. Yeah. yeah. And just like in closing and uh, within that to really bring it all together is like a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And so just Mm -hmm. like really think about that. Like you have to ask, otherwise people just aren't going to know, but people are generally like willing to help, especially someone that's in college right now because shit is going crazy. So you got, you got to ask and people will probably say yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And I love, I think it's true. There's a lot of empathy for their situation and it's definitely true. People want to help, want to have an open heart. I think we're all feeling it in some way. Um, okay. This is a kind of a fun question. I'm curious about just truths that you've learned along your journey. Certain things that if I said, all right, Alex, like tomorrow, tomorrow would be your last, your last day on earth, something like that. Right. And you're, going on social media and you're going to make one post and you got one post left and you can leave like one, two, three things, three lessons. And from there, like your, your meshing to the world is gone. What would be some things that you're saying? You know what? I think that this is, this is the truth I've learned on my journey that I would want to leave with the world. If, if this was going to be the last message that I was going to send out to the universe. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a couple of those one liners that I said of like, believe it and then achieve it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Hmm. and probably like it's gonna work out something hmm. kind of like that yeah okay yeah it's going to work out i like the closed mouth doesn't get fed too because i think especially in today's world too there's there's so much power because like i said we have access to these people but also you know you can send out energy you can say hey these are my big goals and just you know put them out there into the world and who knows who you know maybe somebody makes something and makes this big post and all of a sudden the busy coffee guys are like oh that's the energy we're looking for. Like, I'm going to hit this guy up. Maybe he wants to be an intern. Maybe he wants to do this. Right. And so I, I totally agree with the kind of speaking. I don't want to say speaking into an existence, but just putting out, putting out the energy, asking, being vocal, because then you're more likely to have things come around and, and come full circle. Um, I love that, man. Okay. I got two final questions. Cause now we're wrapping up here. Um, you know, a question I like to kind of ask everybody. And, you know, I think the, the traditional American dream was kind of, you know, the, the house and going to school and, and getting a good job and having a family. And, and I think all those things still very important to a lot of people. But I'm curious about, you know, when you think about your life and when you think about like a dream life and what that looks like for you, 
um, you know, what are, what are some important variables that you say that you would want to have checked when you think about what's going to make Alex French happy? You know, the biggest one is just like time freedom, mm. basically, right? So what that really means is you have to have a certain level of income to be able to afford that. But specifically, you know, I don't want to have to be at the mercy of anybody, right? Like I'm at the mercy of my inbox right now all the time. I have to respond to so many emails and like, it takes up a ton of my time and then like shackled to it. Mm -hmm. So I think to be able to have enough income passively, um, to be able to just do whatever I want, whenever I want is the definitely the goal. Mm -hmm. And then that's like the foundation. And then building on top of that is like doing it with people that I like, and then the work that I am doing, I want to love because like, I actually love working when it's the aspect of work that I like to do. Like some work is awesome and I just would do it all day if I had the ability to. Some of it I absolutely hate, right? But that's the world that we live in. So right. just getting closer to that place where there's enough income to where you can outsource the things that you don't want to do. And then you can focus all your time on the things that you want to do. And then being able to just be, you know, um, location independent if, if you want. So you can just mm -hmm. like go somewhere and do anything without, you know, basically everything crumbling. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. I love it. Time, time, freedom, being with people you want to do, doing stuff you love. Uh, and yeah, having the money to be able to live the lifestyle you want to live. Right. And so, yeah, those are all, all awesome things, man. All right. Well, my closing question is, uh, I like to leave people with like a call to action, you know, something that they can kind of take all this information and maybe take one step, whether it's a reflection or a habit or a whatever it might be. Um, so I'm curious if you have a, a closing call to action that you would like to leave based off of all the stuff we talked about, based off of your journey uh, and based off of what you think somebody could maybe do in their life that would, that would push them to be the best, be better in their own life. Yeah, I think something really simple that would be relevant to every listener and every individual is to just like write down one goal that you want to accomplish in the next three months and put a date to it. The goal with a deadline that is not so far out that it's unrealistic, but you can put a plan in place. So write down a goal, something that feels very difficult, but achievable and just like go knock it out in the next three months. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Alex French. And my ask for you is to write down your biggest takeaway and share it with me either on social media or on your social media stories. I love to see what people get from these episodes and the lessons they are learning to take with them on their journey. Along with that, if you loved the episode today, but you're not subscribed to this show on Apple Podcasts, or if you haven't left a five-star review Go show some love. Those reviews and those subscribers really mean the world to me and they help so much. So thank you for being a part of this journey and thank you for spending your time today becoming a better human being and better being able to have the tools and the knowledge that are going to take you towards where you want to go in life and make your dreams a reality. I'll see y'all next time.